Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Story time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I have an older guy friend who grew up in 1950s Alaska, where his dad was a bush pilot. So one day, they're out flying around just for a nice day, and suddenly the entire sky goes red. Complete red and clouds and no radio. At the time, he's old enough to understand what was going on, but still young that they just don't talk about it. His dad continues flying, for hours and not a word, but still thinking that the Cold War had just ended in thermonuclear holocaust. It wasn't out of the question. Alaska was a target close to Russia, and this was the height of the Cold War. The sky is still forever red. Finally, they start to run out of fuel. They have to land, but they don't know what's going on and zero ability to find out. His dad eases the plane down, finds the landing strip, and goes in for an emergency landing. They make it down perfectly, no hiccups, bumps, or anything. The airport is besides itself, red sky and an unannounced emergency landing, and a crew guy comes up to help them out. What's going on? His dad asked. You have no idea just how lucky you are. A volcano just went off, and you've been flying through the debris. Thank God no thermonuclear warfare and they were stupidly lucky that the plane didn't stall out in the middle of nowhere Alaska. With a volcano spewing nearby. When I was around 12-15, I was hunting with my dad and his hunting buddy. 
I was with my dad and our friend was off a different trail. At the end of the day we always met up where our trails met to walk back to the truck together. My dad was trying to teach our friend over the radios we used to use and couldn't get anything from him for about 20 minutes. As my dad and I are almost to the crossing, he comes on the radio and says he's on his way. We get there and soon after our friend shows up entirely out of breath and sweating like a pig. Mind you, we're in the north woods of Wisconsin during gun deer season, so he has very heavy clothing on, and his spot was about one miles down the trail. He goes on to tell us why he didn't answer and what happened. He was sitting in his ground blind and saw some movement in front of him. About 50 yards ahead he saw a black bear cub, and only the cub. It sat down and started clawing at a tree trunk. He didn't move or make any noise because he knew mama bear was close and didn't want her to find him. He sat there watching the cub for over an hour constantly trying to find mama bear, but could not get eyes on her. Finally, the cub lumbered off and he decided it was safe to move out. By the time he answered us it was already getting past dusk and starting to get dark. As he was walking he heard a breath and felt hot warm air on the back of his neck. The man is 6 feet 4, so there's only two things that could have been tall enough to do that. A person, or a standing bear. He panicked and sprinted for over a mile down the trail until he saw us. Luckily, he wasn't chased and made it back safely, just sweaty and beat. I was fishing in this little pond in the woods near my buddy's house. I heard a growling from across the water but it was a really deep growl. I look up and I saw what can only be described as a sasquatch. It was looking right at me from across the lake which is about 100 feet away. Then it dropped on its belly and, I want to say crawled away because that was the motion, but it was super fast. Reminded me of a liquor from Resident Evil. I literally peed my pants and whimpered a little and was in shock for a moment. I never told a soul because who would believe me? This happened to my grandfather years ago. I guess he was out hunting and walking around in some woods maybe 5 miles from a main road near where my family settled north of Pittsburgh. He said that he started seeing these burnt out candles and started picking them up for some reason. He followed them for like a 100 yards and at the very end there was a circle of black candles with a hole in the ground that looked to be a grave. He brought all the candles home and my grandma yelled at him and made him throw them away. God, I really want to tell this to people. So a few months ago, my girlfriend and I went to a public state park. It is not like a middle of nowhere, but still not many people around and it was in the afternoon that a strange thing happened. When we were heading out of the park, we saw a car that was traveling on the opposite side toward us. Then the car turned right, it was a sedan, we thought there was a road right there. And when we got to the section where that car turned, we didn't see any road, but only high grass and big trees. I asked my girlfriend, did you see that red car just now? I thought it turned right around here. She said, I saw a car too, but it was white, wasn't it? We look at each other's for a few seconds and quickly left that area. That was weird. I was working as a forest ranger up here in Anchorage when this happened. My job at the time was to patrol the remote areas of the park, make sure nobody ever lit fires they weren't supposed to or throw litter when they weren't supposed to. I was equipped with my own radio and rifle with me at all times in case I had to deal with any squatters or crazy people who came in the woods looking to do bad things or maybe camping out at night illegally when they weren't supposed to. It was just before midnight on a Friday evening. I had been patrolling an area called Barney Creek. I hadn't noticed anything unusual happening, so I wasn't expecting anything like that later that night. But then, I found a deceased person, a skeleton, more on that in just a second. On my way back to my car is when I saw this body lying across the trail that I'd been walking on. At first, 
I thought it was maybe an animal due to the condition that the body was in. But as I got closer and looked again, I realized it wasn't a bear corpse or any other animal because there was no fur covering its flesh. It had obviously died quite a while ago. After shining my flashlight around the area more thoroughly, with a sense of growing apprehension tapping into whatever bravery might be needed, I slowly approached the remains, took out my camera before beginning to take pictures of the evidence. I was in no way prepared for what I saw when I moved much closer to take a look. The skull was pretty badly rotted, and there appeared to be a bullet hole right behind the left eye socket. Some brutal execution must have also happened, maybe even torture, judging by how bony and ripped out their chest area looked without flesh or what was left covering up the ribcage. Whoever they were, somebody wanted them dead and couldn't accept any opposition from whoever they were going after. This meant that whoever killed them was still around, and they'd be coming back. They could have been waiting out for me in the forest, possibly planning to take out their sick revenge on me. I had one mission, to get out of there as soon as possible and alert the authorities for backup. I had to run back as fast as I could, which was hard with how freaked out and terrified I was. Still getting lost and occasionally trying to remember every time a branch or leaf would brush against me, I just suspected it was something that could kill me now, kind of like a monster's claw reaching up from behind bushes, ready to grab me by the neck and snap it like a twig. My heart raced with so much fear that I swear it was almost going to pop out of my chest without any warning at all. Finally, after what seemed like forever, I managed then to get away but just collapsed onto the forest floor, completely exhausted. As soon as morning had arrived, I was successful in returning to the area, but the remains were gone. I couldn't tell if somebody had come in and taken them or maybe some animal decided to bury their body under some dirt or leaves until fully decomposed. In any case, it didn't matter much because no one was going to find out who killed that person. But I realized afterwards, whoever did it might have been looking for me too. It's best not to say anything about my experience now while I'm still working as a ranger. Look, I don't know what happened, but here in Alaska at night, those skeletal remains still haunt me. I have never seen a cadaver in that bad condition. But all I can say is, why didn't everybody just stay away from this area? Why did this happen? Who's this poor soul that got killed? It definitely looked malicious, like somebody had just left the body there. I mean, that's kind of obvious. Had it been an animal, it would have been eaten or torn apart. But the body had been there for a while and there were no signs of any animals even touching it. How strange, almost paranormal, if you will. I've received many strange, bizarre calls as an officer. This is one of them. The call came in as a woman reporting to the police that she had heard and seen a large dog trying to break into her home. She sounded frantic. It told me she saw the creature trying to get in through her door several times before dialing 911. The dispatcher asked if the animal was actually inside her home. She told us no. The dispatcher asked if this thing was trying to get inside her house. She said yes and told the dispatcher that this was a large, vicious dog, larger than any dog she'd ever seen before. This continued on for several minutes until I finally arrived on the scene. I got out of my car and walked towards the house, flashlight in hand and ready for anything. Then I knocked on the front door. I waited several seconds, and there was no response. I knocked again, still nothing. So, I walked around the back of her home to see if she had gotten out another exit or entrance. I didn't want to break down her door. Maybe she wasn't in danger after all. About halfway up the driveway, at the side of her house, I noticed a large missing section of fence that looked to be torn down, leading right off to the woods and the property next door. Then it occurred to me, there were also large canine tracks that led over this fence right in the dirt, leading up to the house. As I crouched down, shined my flashlight, and began trying to investigate, I saw something that will haunt me forever. Growling at me from less than 20 feet away was a snarling wolf-like creature, 
standing on two legs right by the tree line leading off into the woods. This creature lowered its head and growled, and then jumped off quickly into the darkness of the forest. I had my gun drawn and ready, and as this thing disappeared, and I kept my gun focused, two men appeared on the property whom I did not recognize. They were not fellow officers. They told me they were related to the woman inside. They both had firearms drawn but kept them by their side. I asked them if they knew what was going on. They both looked at me like I had two heads. The one guy said, you don't know. The second man just nodded toward the creature, whispering something. He began to tell me that this home is being attacked by a strange creature, the same creature that also attacked his daughter while he was trying to get her home from school just weeks ago. They were kind of like an unofficial band of men who were trying to track down this creature. He also informed me they had been tracking this beast for weeks after it killed several livestock in another rural area. I began to inform him about animal control, but he said that they had already done so, and they did not believe us. And then he showed me photos of his wife's injuries after this beast tried to kill her in cold blood. That photo will stay with me. His photo was of his wife laying on an emergency room table, fresh stitches all across her right side, face, and neck, and also needing her jaw wired shut due to nearly being bitten off by this thing. Immediately, both men's attention went right towards the woods where this creature disappeared, both drawing the firearm. The one man with the photo began shooting several times, and just then, we could hear the growling. And just there, faintly beyond the light of the house in the darkness, was this creature again. I've been trying to figure out what I was looking at. Werewolves aren't real. What else could this thing be if it's not a werewolf? Was this thing possibly some kind of mutation or maybe some sort of lab experiment? I don't know, but it kind of vanished again in the woods, and things seemed to calm down that night. I took the names and members of the two gentlemen who seemed to want to help and let me know if there's anything I could share with them to help track down this strange creature. The woman inside the house refused to speak to me or even come out and acknowledge my presence. I think she was so frightened by what had just happened. Personally, I have no explanations for any of this. I just know that it was a very, very strange call and a very strange night. I was hunting down in Stephenville, Texas during whitetail season. I was up in a tripod overlooking a pasture. Behind me about 50 yards away was a dry riverbed but you couldn't see it because a dense screen of trees grew along both sides of the riverbed, but you could hike to it and there was another spot I would sometimes hunt on the other side. It was getting late, but there was still a decent amount of light. I had seen absolutely nothing that day, not even critters. So I'm sitting up in my tripod just watching when all of a sudden from behind me in or around the riverbed I hear the most ungodly shriek howl roar that made my hair stand on end and I dom well near peed my pants. It continued for about 3 minutes until it suddenly stopped and that's about when I decided to call it a night. Ran the whole way back to my vehicle. I didn't see it, and I to this day I still wonder what it was. Didn't sound like a bobcat or coyote and Stephenville isn't exactly known for its big cats or any cryptids. Maybe some of you hunters out there have experienced something similar? So in the end of August this guy I was talking to, now boyfriend, 43 male, he wears a size 12 shoe, important later, and I, 21 female, went fishing. We went to one of our normal spots, a spillway type deal coming off a mountain tucked into a small bowl-like valley. There's a really nice little pool there. So we go fishing and it's like 10 PM. We had seriously just gotten there and set up when a giant rock came flying through the air into the middle of the pool. We hollered out hey we're fishing down here, sorry for disturbing your camping but we're done setting up and just want a quiet night. We'll be respectful if you will. A second later another rock came flying through the air and landed two feet from me. We decided to go investigate who is chucking rocks at us. I go and shut off our side by side so there's no lights. 
We go up to where the rocks seem to be coming from and didn't see anyone or any footprints. We go back down to our little hole and I feel someone watching me from each side of the valley. I was starting to freak out, but not going to say anything because I'm a big tough girl. I'm not but I didn't want to seem like a wimp. Another rock comes flying down into the pool. I clean up my stuff and go to my boyfriend, and say I'm leaving with or without you. He agrees to leave and we pack up. I tell him I felt like we were being watched from both sides and he agrees. Well he was pissed so he goes back to check out where we were the next day. He found where the person was camping and had a stockpile of large rocks to throw at us. Whoever it was dug out a hole to sleep in, and my boyfriend found footprints, that made his feet look tiny, probably a size 15, and where they were camped they had a perfect line of sight to us. The crazy thing is we walked right below him and were six feet from him. We never saw him even with our headlamps on and I kept looking in his direction. I do have the pics he sent me but he has an old phone and won't let me get him one with a better camera. My old man would take my brothers and I hunting out of this little cabin in Colorado. The cabin is way isolated and I mean this place is a good 30 to 40 miles from the nearest town and that itself is only a handful of people nestled right in the middle of Nowhereville, USA. To get there you have to go over a mountain pass and take a ton of old dirt roads but in the end, it's worth it. The hunting is great, the sights are unforgettable and you are completely isolated. One year my brother, who I'll call Carl, and I decide to play a little prank on our youngest brother, Lou. We have a habit of telling scary stories and this only increases when we go camping and hunting cuz that's just one of the things you do out in the middle of the woods. Carl and I finish telling Lou a particularly frightening tale and like the loving brothers we are, we start egging him on about all the creepy shit that's probably lurking outside the cabin as we speak. Lou is getting way into it and begins to freak out and our dad has enough of mine and Carl's antics and sends us out to get more firewood. While we're out there Carl and I devise an even greater prank that'll surely scar our baby brother for life. So like the idiots we are, we start making all these howling noises. Now we're a good 50 yards from the cabin at this point and Carl and I are lying in wait for our little brother to come investigate where we went since that's something our dad would make him do. Sure enough, Lou comes out with a high beam light and starts scanning the area from the doorway to see where we are. Now Lou hates coyotes and we continue to make howling and growling noises while he searches for us. And from what we can see of him, the kid is petrified on the spot as he looks for us. As soon as he passed Carl and I with the light we jumped out of the darkness and snarled and ran at him on all fours scaring the living hell out of our little bro. Mission accomplished. Next thing Carl and I know, our dad is in the doorway and boy, our old pops is fuming at this point. He grabs the light Lou had dropped and turns it on us as we're making our way back. I turned to Carl and told him it was nice knowing him, but before our dad goes full Jack Torrance from the shining on our asses, something changed in the way my dad was standing. I visibly saw his silhouette sag in the doorway as he looked out into the night and suddenly he's telling us to get in the cabin as fast as we can. I didn't hear anger in his voice at all, I just remember the fear in his words as he started yelling boys don't turn around, just get back to the cabin, now. 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 Carl and I barely made it through the door before our dad slammed it shut and managed to lock it with his shaking hands. He made it to his chair and sat down before facing us and said with the straightest face stop scaring your brother. Turns out they planned the whole thing when we went out for firewood. This is my story with the Mothman of Chicago. I genuinely believe this one in particular roosts in bussy woods, in the western suburbs, rolling meadows area. I am in a suburb next door. This occurred right at the start of the pandemic in early 2020. Many things were shut and this moonless night was easily the darkest I'd ever experienced in the suburbs. Usually, light pollution means you can see 24-7 but this night was particularly dark and quiet. It was like 2 a.m., 
and I'm in the garage tinkering on one of the bikes listening to some music, not super loud when there was a crash on the roof of my garage. I've had raccoons jump off the tree onto it before but this sounded like a person my size just jumped onto it. The whole building shook. My garage is an old horse barn, relatively small for a barn but big for a garage and detached and across the driveway. Well, I heard this and I knew it couldn't be a raccoon but that's what my mind went to. So I grab a shovel and step outside trying to look up but it's so dark I can't see a darn thing. As I round the corner of the garage into the front part of my yard, which was so dark I couldn't see my neighbor's house, I swear on my life I hear something jump down and land maybe 15 yards in front of me. I can't see anything, I don't remember hearing anything breathe, snarl, growl, or anything like that which you would if you were face to face with a raccoon. They're noisy. So I'm standing there, dead stopped holding the shovel like a walking stick unsure of what to do or even what's happening. I had a very visceral feeling that I was squaring down with something my size though, I felt it. I knew I couldn't just stand there and wait to become a victim, I have a mentality that I never will be one. I'll throw the first stone every time. I raise the shovel to my other hand taking a defensive grip and step forward, only taking one or two steps before I hear three heavy footfalls. Then I hear the fence behind my garage rattle, and then I hear a whooshing sound like a great pair of beating wings. I genuinely believe when I stepped forward whatever was there turned, jumped on the fence, and took off flying. I never even caught a glimpse. I was 100% sober, no drinking and I don't do drugs. I was not sleep deprived I only got off work an hour and a half prior. I think my garage was the only light for miles and my music drew it in. No one and I mean no one else was for a mile in any direction as far as I could tell. As soon as that thing left I shut down the garage and went inside somewhat shaken thinking holy crap, I damn near got into a fight with something and I don't even know what it was. The reason I think that it was the Mothman and why I think it roosts in Bussy Woods is another story entirely. This is not an embellishment, this is a real event that happened to me, albeit only one time ever. I was in 7th or 8th grade when me and about 15 of my friends and acquaintances went into the woods by the highway. To ensure no one saw that there were kids with airsoft guns and camo shooting each other, we trekked deep into the woods. No highway car could be heard so we knew it was far enough. We eventually came across this old single-roomed house. The windows were boarded up with wood, the door had about 5 padlocks, and the pool out back was green with algae. Grass overgrew any remnants of a driveway through the dense forest. Peeking through the wood boards found broken furniture and the floor caked in dirt. The guy who organized the hangout lived nearby and assured us all that the owners hadn't been at the house for 10 years, they were old and presumed dead. With no concerns, we finally played airsoft for a couple hours. Needing a break, we all rendezvoused back at the house. As we approached we could hear the faint sound of an engine. Nobody could even tell a car was approaching at first because of the thick brush. Sure enough a black car was rolling around the corner. Pulling up to our group the driver lowers the passenger window. An old man driving and an old man behind him. The passenger was an elderly woman with another elderly woman behind her. Everyone in the car was dressed in all black formal clothes. They practically started screaming at us to get away. Literally almost shrieking but it also sounded angry. We tried to apologize for trespassing but then the driver started reaching for something in the glove box. We all ran out of there. Their eyes were so grayish blue it was almost transparent. The hair was whiter than snow. The black tuxedos and dresses were vampiric looking. To this day, I think they were cultists. I'll never know and I'll never forget. My name is Jack, and I lead a rather adventurous life. By day, I work as a hunter, skilled in tracking elusive game through the wilderness. And in my free time, I indulge in my passion for soccer, finding solace in the thrill of the game. It was a crisp autumn morning when my friends called me, 
their voices filled with excitement and mischief. They proposed a hunting trip to a forbidden part of Yellowstone National Park, a place shrouded in local legends and superstitions. Despite my initial reluctance, I couldn't resist the allure of adventure, and I agreed to join them. As we set off on our journey, laughter and banter filled the air, masking the subtle unease that lingered beneath the surface. What could go wrong? The deeper we ventured into the preserve, the more unsettling the atmosphere became. Trails seemed to vanish before our eyes, leading us in circles, and phantom animals darted through the underbrush, elusive and ethereal. Unexplained noises echoed through the trees, sending shivers down our spines. It was then, in the heart of that supposedly haunted place, that we encountered the true horror that awaited us. A vengeful spirit-like cryptid, a creature that had been awakened. One by one, my friends fell victim to its wrath, their lives cruelly snuffed out. As the cries and pleas for mercy filled the air, I knew I was the only one left standing. Fear coursed through my veins, but I couldn't abandon my friends to this malevolent force. Gathering my courage, I prepared for a final battle, armed with my trusty rifle. In a desperate showdown, I faced off against the cryptid, our eyes locked in a battle of wills. With every shot I fired, I prayed it would be the one to bring an end to its reign of terror. Finally, with a well-aimed shot to its heart, the creature let out a bone-chilling howl and collapsed. But as it lay lifeless on the forest floor, a strange occurrence unfolded. The cryptid, once a fearsome presence, vanished into thin air, as if it had never existed at all. The weight of what had transpired settled upon me, and I realized the magnitude of the horrors I had witnessed. Wounded and emotionally drained, I summoned the strength to call for help. But when the authorities arrived, their eyes fell upon the lifeless bodies of my friends, and suspicion clouded their gaze. Instead of finding solace and aid, I found myself accused of their deaths. Now, confined within the cold confines of a jail cell, I reflect upon the events that led me here. The haunting memories of that ill-fated hunting trip remain etched in my mind, and I yearn for justice and vindication. The truth of that cursed place in Yellowstone National Park may forever remain a mystery, but the burden of what I experienced will forever haunt me. This was at Deschutes Park in Washington State. It's a smallish trail that has a couple waterfall viewpoints. We went out because it was mushroom season and we were looking for chicken of the woods and oysters. So the three of us get to the park, there is no one else in the parking lot. Cool, we get to have the trail to ourselves and talk. We go down, mess about for an hour looking for mushrooms and just enjoying the fresh air and quietness. We stop and see this giant oyster mushroom. This thing was like two pounds intact. I got real excited and said whoa guys look. More loudly than normal. At this point we all looked and I noticed some sticks cracking off in the woods. Then I hear a tree knock and being in Bigfoot country that definitely snapped our attention behind us. NBD for crack squirrels and deer are around. But this sounded like a hard stick on a tree. We turn around. I see an older man, about 5 feet 7, glasses and gray hair, a red north face windbreaker and blue jeans jump from behind a tree. He was holding a walking stick so I assumed that was it. Like he was peering around the tree spying on us dramatically and jumped out trying to appear normal. Then he ran toward us. This dude was not on the trail and got there after us. I kept hearing snaps in the woods throughout our walk but it did not click until I saw him. Then he seemed not to notice us startled looking and ran toward us anyway. We tensed as he approached, we didn't have a weapon but my boyfriend is pretty big. Me and my cousin are female. We were the ones talking loudly so I'm sure he heard us and thought we were alone. He started walking with us and I noticed he had a slight English accent. A formal sounding guy but creepy. He was saying do you have any weapons, there's been bears down here, there was no bears we knew of in that area. He also asked us at the end of the trail if we wanted to partake in his ritual in the water. At the end of the trail, the water kinda is accessible but it is freezing cold, 
rapids. This day was about 60 Fahrenheit. No way this thinner old man is gonna jump in there I thought. But he was insistent on us going down there with him. I was like uh. No, thank you. I didn't know what else to say. I feel like this dude was either 100 person some weirdo creep looking to kill us or some partially psychotic man on a hike. The creepiest dive of my life. Two buddies of mine and I were on a night dive in the Puget Sound hunting prawns. It was about 1am and we're a good 100 feet deep, the pitchest black you could imagine. We used to do this thing on night dives where we'd get in a circle, turn off our lights, then stir up the water and watch the bioluminescence float around us like floating stars in a black watery space. Beautiful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Only this one time we turn off our lights, stir up the water, and the water glows just enough to reveal a fourth person sitting in our circle. We were at a dive resort so it wasn't so odd to see another diver, only it was 1am, we'd seen no one else prepping a dive at the dock. He was also alone which was odd considering the dangerous conditions of a night dive in those waters, and he had no fins or gloves. I don't know how he swam so well without fins or didn't get hypothermia without boots or gloves. We wore dry suits because it was so cold but this dude was in a wet suit with exposed skin and we thought we saw a giant gash in one of the legs. So the three of us all notice him and were too scared to move, I can hear my buddies panting in their regs, and the guy just smiles and waves, then swims away. Whenever you think you're alone and someone just shows up, like in an alley at night, it's weird as f. 100 feet underwater at night is terrifying. I lived alone in an old house and had a creepy stay. Again, the house was old, a huge house built in 1915 and converted into apartments for World War I soldiers before they went overseas. I rented one apartment, about 1,000 square feet by itself, and the rest of the house was empty rooms and a giant staircase. As soon as I moved and I met the next door neighbor, Rebecca, who, about 30 seconds into the conversation, asked me if I knew the house was haunted. I laughed it off but she insisted it wasn't safe. Wasn't worried, moved in, cleaned out a lot of junk and fixed the place up as well as I could. Over the next few months Rebecca and I ran into each other here and there, and each time she added to the story. Apparently there was an old lady who lived in the apartment before me who never left, never opened the windows, and never cleaned. She died in the apartment and there was an estate sale to get rid of some of her stuff. Rebecca told me during the estate sale she had gone into the basement and regretted it. About a week later I decided to go check out the basement, I think partly to prove to myself I wasn't concerned. I was also curious. I'm not superstitious and I don't believe in ghosts, but the occult is interesting to me. As soon as I stepped in the basement I was creeped out. It smelled musty but not like I have ever smelled before. Along the steps there were burned down candles that made bluish-gray wax puddles. The basement itself had two huge water heater tanks, also covered in wax, and an empty concrete floor behind the tanks that had nasty-looking towels around and more candles. Bizarre but not haunted. At this point I've lived in the apartment by myself for about three months without any problem. My car got broken into one night but that wasn't surprising given the neighborhood. Nothing strange had happened until the night I checked the basement. At 4am I bolted awake because I heard something in my room. This was odd for me because I sleep like a dead man. Sat in bed for a minute, heard nothing and went back to sleep. Around 6am I had a night terror. 
heard the noise again and woke up but this time had sleep paralysis. I saw a black figure walk in my room and stop just inside the doorway. At this point I think it's a robber and I start trying to ask what he wants but I can't speak or move. Nothing like this had ever happened to me before and I was terrified. After the longest 2-3 minutes of my life I willed myself out of sleep and the whole atmosphere changed. No one was there, nothing was out of place, no locks were broken, nothing. I quickly got ready and showed up at work 2 hours before it opened. Over the next few weeks I would hear the sound again here and there. It was a scratching and thumping sound, always very early in the morning. As soon as I would wake up it would stop. Then one morning it was especially loud. Still dark outside, 5 am. I heard it just behind the headboard of my bed. This time I made sure I was totally awake. I laid perfectly still and didn't even breathe and I heard it again now fully awake, there was definitely something in my room. After the sleep paralysis imaginary robber episode I had bought a kid's baseball bat and set it next to my bed for self-defense, can't afford a gun. I picked up the bat and slid out of bed. Every minute or so I would hear the rusting scratching thumping noise. It was in my closet. I stood outside the door and my heart was pounding at this point. All the stories of the place being haunted, the creepy basement, the sleep paralysis episode, the weird early morning noises, all of it had built up in my mind and led to this moment. I was about to do battle with some evil force. I threw the door open and swung into the darkness, hitting nothing. I beat my clothes like a madman but there was nothing in there. Then I heard a little scurry on the floor and saw something jump into one of my shoes. Upon closer inspection, it was a baby squirrel. I went outside later and found a hole in the roof. There was a family of squirrels living in my ceiling that was very active in the early morning, and one of the babies had somehow managed to find its way into my closet to scare the hell out of me. Not haunted, just squirrels. This happened around 3 years ago and thinking about it still makes me feel uneasy. I live in a rural area surrounded by a nature conservation area. There are many nice paths and it's a great peaceful and quiet place to go for walks, ride bikes. On this day I decided to take my dog for a walk there in the evening. I didn't want to go that far. For some reason I decided to leave my phone at home, even though I usually take it with me, just in case. Everything was going well and, as usual, I barely met anyone. At some point I got to my favorite spot, a wooded area. There is a field behind it and I planned on walking all the way to the end. Then I wanted to turn around and take the same way home. As I continued walking after I made it through the wooded area, my dog started acting strange. She kept looking back and didn't want to go on. I thought she had spotted a deer or a rabbit and wasn't concerned. I didn't look around right away. But then she let out a little growl bark. I had never heard her do that before. I turn around and sure enough. There is a man standing on the edge of the wooded area field like maybe 10 meters next to the path. He was fully clothed and didn't move. He was just staring at us. My heart was pounding. No matter where I would go. I would still be in a secluded area for a while. I didn't think and just started walking quickly towards the end of the field. My dog still wasn't having it. When I turned around after getting a bit further away, he had also moved. Now he was standing on the field, still staring intensely. That's when I really knew we had to get going. I didn't look back until we got to the end of the field. Because of some trees, my view was obstructed. I couldn't see him and my dog seemed a bit calmer. Obviously I didn't want to stop for more than a few seconds though. From there on, I decided to take the the path that would take me to some part of my town the quickest. We literally ran and I was so relieved when we made it back to civilization. I have no idea what his intention was. I'm just proud of my dog for alerting me. Yesterday I took my son fishing. He wanted to go to a nearby lake that we haven't been to in quite some time. It's not known to be a great area. For some background, 
The last time we went, about a year ago, a car drove by and screamed nice ass. At me while I stood there with my young son. This kind of garbage behavior is unfortunately expected in the area. It's also known to be a late night hookup spot as well as a late night drug deal location. Due to the lake's reputation, I had made a deal with my dad that I wouldn't stay there past 4 p.m. without him. On to the story, my 12-year-old son, who looks much younger than he is, and I pulled up at our favorite fishing spot, a small pond on the opposite side of the road is the lake. Almost immediately, an older gentleman approached us asking if there were fish in the pond. I replied that we had just gotten started, so nothing yet, but that we had caught fish in the pond on plenty of other occasions. He thanked us for the information, and returned to his spot on the other side of the road. About 15 minutes later, another younger man approaches the older man with a dog. I can see and hear them chatting, but they've made no move to involve us in the conversation, which I'm glad for. I just want to enjoy a day with my son. Unfortunately, the water in the pond was incredibly low and murky and I could tell we weren't going to have any luck. I tell my son to pack it up and we'll try another spot on the other side of the lake. As we begin packing our gear into the trunk, the younger man yells over sorry if my dog and I ran you off. I tell him it's no problem, and we were simply moving to a better fishing spot. He then starts telling me how nice it is to see a mom taking her kid fishing, how you don't see that very often, etc. I get this a lot, so I'm pretty used to it. We have a short conversation about it as I pack up and I then move towards the driver's side doors to depart. Before I can leave, the younger man starts up another conversation, this time asking me how old I think he is. This feels strange to me, but I'm nice to a fault sometimes, so I answer his question. I tell him I'm a horrible judge of age, but maybe 25? He tells me he's 38 and I'm too kind and I laugh it off saying something like I work with teenagers, so they always guess me well above my age just to be mean. He asks where I work and I stupidly tell him my city. Turns out he lives there too and starts going on and on about how he got a free apartment on such and such street because his baby mama kicked him out of their house. I think he's talking about some kind of government assistance program. Weird flex, but okay man. At this point, I'm standing by the car door with my hand on the handle and my son is already in the back seat. This guy can't take the hint and starts telling me all about his awful baby mama and how women are supposed to be submissive, quiet, and do what they're told. He specifically said I mean, it's cool that you can bait a hook or whatever, but you're still a woman. Now my alarm bells are blaring. This guy struck up a conversation by commending me for doing a typically dad thing with my kid. Now he's putting me down for the same thing. He's gone from being overly friendly and complimentary to agitated and ranting. I should have been rude and just got in the car and left, but I've unfortunately been conditioned, like many women, to be polite even when we're uncomfortable. Instead, I start making comments in the hopes he'll see I'm not some meek submissive woman who's going to agree with him. After all, I'm a tatted up chick with an eyebrow piercing, and two lip piercings. I don't exactly look like a submissive little housewife. I guess I was trying to make him just as uncomfortable as he made me in the hopes he'd leave me alone. After he says women shouldn't be loud or opinionated, I tell him oh, well you wouldn't like me at all. He tries to backpedal saying I mean, it's okay to be loud I guess, but don't try that with your man, you know? I say my man doesn't tell me shit. I do what I want. This kind of back and forth goes on for a while before he finally shakes his head and says I just don't understand what kind of woman would act like that. I reply a strong one. As soon as the words left my mouth, the older gentleman yells from his spot on the bank, yeah. Say that again honey. This distracted the creep long enough for me to hop in the car and lock the doors. I still don't feel safe though. Unbeknownst to Creepotsoid, only two of my car doors actually have functioning locks, but at least they're the two on his side. I put the key in the ignition and turn. No dice. Nothing. Of all the times for my car to act up, it chooses now. Panic has now set in. 
As I repeatedly try to start my car, I can see him out of the corner of my eye. He's taken notice of my car troubles and is trying to get my attention. As he takes a few steps towards my car, the engine finally roars to life and I peel out of there. Only then do I let my composure crumble and have a long talk with my son about what just happened. To the older gentleman who took notice of my discomfort and provided a distraction, I gladly meet with you again any day. To the younger, misogynistic creep, I don't know if I was actually in any danger from you, but my gut said I was. Let's never meet again. Oh, and to my dad, I'll make you a new deal. I'm never going to that lake alone again, regardless of the time of day. Probably too late chime in and not me, but back in the 70s my father used to fly freelance charter jobs. One job was flying a dead guy to his funeral destination. On the way there he ran into some bad weather. Turbulence ensued. He started hearing a strange sound. A human sound. The dead guy behind him was gasping moaning. Sounded like a forceful her. Her. Before you start thinking the dead guy wasn't actually dead, he was. The rough turbulence was forcing air out of the cadaver's lungs producing the sound. Back last year, almost exactly. In walking and there's a trail that stems into a first from the main road. And you walk through a very tight path. That is partly broken up due to thick tree roots. I'm walking back from a six-mile jog and am halfway in the trail. To my right several meters below me and about 100 to 180 feet away there are train tracks. From that area. I hear what sounds like a parrot screeching crying in my direction. I turn around trying to see where it came from and I started walking faster. It screeched louder and I heard a single rustle then the sound coming closer. I think I broke the world record for the 100 meter dash because I booked my tits out of there and I never heard it since. Stupid of me but I went back days later multiple times and never heard it again. Except faintly once. I think. Does anyone have any idea what the F that thing was? It sounded like it was crying. But half in pain and half in get over here bitch kinds tones. All I can say, is that it did not sound human at all. It only sounded like it was crying screeching like a demon baby. Hey everyone, let me tell you about a creepy thing that happened to me early this week. At the time I didn't think anything of it, but now that I've put some thought into it, I feel a bit creeped out by it. A bit of backstory, I'm a guy in my early 20s who enjoys the occasional joint, though my parents, whom I live with, do not approve. As a result, I keep my stash in the woods down the road from my house. The actual stash site is very well hidden, it was in a very thick bush under a rock. Practically buried. There is absolutely no way that anyone could just happen to find the stash, and I know this because I've been using this same spot for almost a year, plus like I said before, it was practically underground, under a bush, in the middle of some woodland that is rarely visited. Anyhow, that night I remember feeling quite creeped out as I walked through the woods. As if someone was following me. I felt like I could hear movement behind me, feel eyes on me. But I just sort of put it down to the fact that I was walking through the dark spooky woods on my own, high as F, in the middle of the night. When I got to the stash site, there was a cat nearby. She looked a little alarmed by my presence but didn't run away, until a few moments later when she noped the F out of there for seemingly no reason. This spooked me out a bit, and sorta of reinforced that feeling of being followed I had a minute or two before, but I reassured myself by putting it down to the weed making me paranoid. I go back the following night, and the stash is gone. Putting it all together in my head, the only explanation that makes sense is that someone, or something? But probably the former, lol, was indeed in those woods. Very weird shit. Needless to say, I don't like staying at hotels much anymore. 
I drove nine hours to meet my parents at a halfway mark to pick up my two-year-old daughter at an agreed-on hotel. I assumed we were all going to stay there the night since we both had such a long drive. When I had grabbed all her things, I asked are you going to stay here too? My dad said no, we are gonna head back. I was a little disappointed but I understood that they don't like hotels much. I checked in and went to our room. It was fairly late, but I don't sleep much at night, I am more of a night person. I turned the TV on and I was in my bed and my daughter was in hers. She fell asleep pretty quick, probably the car ride. I had all the lights off in the room, the only light was coming from the TV. I was sitting up against the headboard with my legs stretched out straight in front of me under the covers. All of a sudden, I felt something grab my toes, both feet at the same time. I quickly pulled my legs in toward me with my knees bent against my chest. I grabbed my phone and used the light on it to shine at the end of the bed. I didn't see anything. I sat there trying to look stoic, like I wasn't afraid, but inside I was screaming, I didn't want whatever it was to see me scared. After a few minutes of sitting there, acting like nothing just happened, I relaxed my legs and continued watching TV. Moments later, I felt pressure next to my leg, like a hand, like someone was leaning their body onto the bed from the end of the bed with both hands down on the mattress. Then I felt pressure as if their left hand moved forward and pressed down. Then, what felt like their right hand, moved forward and closer to my knee. Then their left hand moved forward. It felt like someone or something was crawling up to my face, slowly and methodically. It was definitely a Harley Quinn type movement, I could feel the palm push down first then the hand rolled forward to the fingers. Imagine it like how a person walks, heel to toe. The motion was very similar and very exaggerated. It was creepy and unsettling, like it was having fun. I flung off the blankets and jumped into my daughter's bed, hoping her innocence would save me. I was facing the wall spooning her and I seen shadows go across the wall. I jumped up and turned the light on, frantically grabbing our stuff to pack up to leave. I went down to check out, it was about 4 am, the guy working said you are leaving early, I said yeah, couldn't sleep, by chance. Do you have anyone ever tell you this hotel is haunted? I laughed nervously, waiting for him to laugh too, which I wish he would have. Instead he replied why? What room were you in? I told him and he replied I don't know why they put you over there, I never put people over there. Ever since we got new owners, they did a cleansing on the building, thinking things would get better, but since then, things have gotten worse. I told him yeah, I don't think it worked. I will never forget that, and I wanted to share it. I grew up in the late 90s early 2000s. I spent a lot of time outside and I loved all animals, including bugs, frogs and lizards etc. My little brother played a lot of sports so on weekends I was always dragged to his games and after school I often had to attend his practices. It was soccer season and I had to go with my mom to one of my brother's soccer practices after school on this day. I was probably, F, 8 or 9 at the time. It was at a local park surrounded by some wilderness and some hiking trails, I liked this park because off to the side of the soccer fields was a creek with frogs and stuff. I'd love to go over there and look at them and try to catch them etc. It was evening time and the sun was setting but there was still plenty of light left. I told my mom I was gonna go down to the creek to catch frogs, it was down the hill slightly from the fields and obscured by some bushes and shrubs. But there was a clear dirt trail that ran alongside the creek. So I scurried on down there and was carefully studying the creek looking for frogs when suddenly a man's voice startles me whatcha looking for. I look up and see a middle-aged man, dressed in typical office, business wear, button-up shirt, slacks, dress shoes. He was standing on the trail, blocking my route back up to the soccer fields. Looking at me and smiling. I was a shy and cautious child, so I just looked at the man and didn't reply at first, my spidey senses were already tingling and I remember feeling nervous and uneasy. I sometimes saw hikers on the trail by the creek, 
but his outfit and appearance told me this wasn't a hiker. He then asked me are you looking for butterflies? I saw some down there as he points further down the trail, away from the soccer fields. I just said no and started looking around at what my options were. I felt the need to get out of there, fast. But as I mentioned he was standing on the trail which was my route back to the fields. There were thick bushes on the hillside between the trail and where the fields were. I started making my way up the rocks to the side of the creek towards the trail, further down from where he stood, and to my alarm, he started moving down the trail toward me, need some help? He said. I was now starting to panic, although nothing had happened and he seemed friendly it just felt wrong to me. I just got stranger danger vibes. I remember feeling a burst of adrenaline and fear. I shouted no and booked it up the rocks, across the trail and crashed my way through the bushes towards the soccer fields. I remember the branches scratching me but I didn't care I literally scrambled my way through them till I came up to the fields and then sprinted over to where my my mom was watching my brother's practice. I probably looked like hell so she of course asked what the heck happened and I told her. I felt like she thought I was just being paranoid though. I'll never know if this guy posed a real threat or not. He could have been just getting some fresh air on his way home from work, who knows. I just know it felt creepy at the time. My husband worked as a government contractor for a company that sends him all over the world. For a few years my daughter and I would travel with him, he was usually gone for months at a time. One of his business trips was to Bremerton, Washington. We were put into an apartment called Olympic Village Apartments, it was rented out to companies like his. They were okay, fully furnished, better than a hotel, especially for that length of time that we usually stayed. The apartment we had was on the ground floor. It was decorated well and the furniture wasn't too worn, nothing seemed or felt weird. I usually can read vibes of places where I go, I am not sure how to explain it, I don't think I am psychic, just maybe. In tune with my surroundings? Things seemed pretty normal for the first few days, I spent most days there since I didn't have a car, just playing my video games or watching TV. One night, my husband came home to the apartment, and I had dinner ready and set out. We all sat down at the table to eat, having the normal conversations people do, like how was work? Type stuff, when all of a sudden I felt something touch my thigh. I didn't respond to it because I wasn't sure exactly what had just happened, so I continued eating. A few moments later, it happened again. It felt familiar. Like my old 10 pounds. Chihuahua was begging for food. I looked down thinking I would see a dog looking up at me, but there wasn't anything there. My instinct had been to move him down with my hand to get him to stop begging. I laughed out loud and said to my husband I keep feeling like there is a dog here, I felt something jump at my leg and I almost pushed it down. My husband said that's weird, because I feel like there is one here too. He told me he was on his way to the bathroom around 3 am. As soon as he walked out and turned to walk down the hall, he seen a small shadow sitting there still looking at him. He jumped back startled, and it disappeared. I was in shock because I didn't expect anyone to feel the same thing, it seemed weird. I am very connected to animals, I have always been my whole life. Dogs and I seem to have a very deep bond, almost on a spiritual level. About a week later, it was a weekend, and my husband and I were watching TV. We were both on our own couch, mine was the large sofa, so I was stretched out under a blanket. Almost without any thinking, I went to readjust my position, in the moment, I thought my dog was laying in the crease of the back of my knee, where my legs bend. I was being careful to not squash him or move him because I felt a weight on the blanket. I looked and nothing was there. I felt weird, I told my husband what had happened. Everything was normal for a while after that. I hadn't felt the dog since the couch. One night I woke up and had to go to the bathroom. I am night blind and I wear glasses, but I decided to just go without putting them on. The bathroom had a window and a light from outside shine through with just enough light that I could see once I got close and around the corner. 
So I headed down the hall, sliding my hand slowly across the wall so I could feel where to go. I was looking straight ahead but it was pitch black. I came to the corner, with my hand still tracing the side, and I saw something. It was darker than the dark hall, but the darkness blocked the light from the window. The light traced a body, its height brought my head to look instinctively up towards where a face would be. I froze in terror, gasped and jumped back, scared because I thought it was a real person. Where the head would be, it looked like he was wearing a top hat. This dark figure seemed to be close to 6 feet 5 tall. Once I realized it wasn't human, I quickly rushed past it to turn on the bathroom light. With the light on, I seen that nothing was there. Years later I brought this up to my daughter, I didn't want to tell her before because she was still little, and she shared with me she also seen a man there who would stand in the corner. With a big hat. And a little dog at his feet. This happened only three weeks ago. I've thought about it often and I know without a doubt, me and my patient were almost prey to a predator. I work for my state. I work with people with substance abuse disorder, the mentally ill, and to a lesser degree those with slight developmental delays. My role with the developmentally delayed is similar to a lower rank social worker. One thing I have to verify is that the participant is able to achieve their own personal goals set for that year, similar to an IEP in public schools. One of my patients has a goal to walk and or hike at least one mile, three times a week. When I made my visit to her home, walking hiking was what I need to see her achieve. So she took us both on a walking slight hiking trail nearby. Her and I are actually similar age, our 40s. As we were walking the trail, we got to a point that was much more isolated. We were no longer walking the trail that loops around a neighborhood pond with many people, but we were on trail that took us through the woods and a cotton field. Her and I were walking and talking when she suddenly stopped walking. I looked at her and just as she went to say, I have a bad feeling. I had an overwhelming feeling myself that someone was watching us. Due to her development delays, I felt more concerned for her welfare than my own. It's hard to explain but I didn't feel fear, I felt a feeling of protecting her. I looked behind us because I heard the sound of leaves crunching and sure enough, a guy, who looked to be in his 30s, is suddenly coming out of the woods and he's slowly creeping up towards us. There was no one else around so for this guy to magically come out of the woods and creeping up, I knew whatever he wanted was nefarious. I told her to continue walking, giving her a head start. I don't know why I even did this but I just completely turned myself around, stopped and I looked straight at him. I just stared. I didn't say anything, he didn't say anything but as soon as we locked eyes, it was as if he realized, now they know I'm back here because he froze and stopped walking towards us. I kept staring at him then I started to walk back towards my patient so he understood my eyes were on him. Then as I walked backwards, I looked over to see my patient, looked back at him and he disappeared as fast as he came. Back into the woods. If he were just wanting to walk this nature trail, why did he stop as soon I turned around and stared? Why wouldn't he just continue on his walk and pass us? This guy was clearly waiting and watching for a woman, or women, to go down the isolated trail. For him to come out of the woods when he did, it was clear to me that he was out hiding and stalking. I will forever be convinced that my patient's bad feeling and my feeling of being watched saved one or both of us from whatever that man had planned.